everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Exodus 33. And I want to uniquely and specifically zoom in on and spend slightly more time than we usually would on just one verse. Verse 11, which reads, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. This verse paints a picture of what it looks like to be close to God, but it also raises the question, what do we do when we feel far from God? Have you ever felt far from God, or deep down you feel like you're missing out on all God has for you? Maybe you're not in the mood to get into the Word. It's dry. It's been weeks since you opened the Bible. Sure, you'll put on this podcast or you go to events at church or on Sunday mornings, but but really devoting daily. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, hey, I've got four kids. Emma, you don't know what that's like. Or maybe you're single and everyone's saying you've got so much time. Serve, serve. And you're doing it. You're up here at Watermark three times a week, but it's just not doing it for you. Do you feel far? Or maybe it's just talking to God. You're going through the process and you're desperate for that reminder that God's not far, but even still, He feels it. He feels really far. Today, we're talking about spiritual intimacy, nearness to God, the degree to which we know God as friend. Got Questions has a great blurb on spiritual intimacy. It's natural for Christians to long to experience the closeness of an intimate relationship with God. But true intimacy with God is not simply a feeling on par with a romantic relationship. It goes much deeper than emotion, down to our very souls, and is reflected by our actions, they conclude. So what do they mean by that? Spiritual intimacy is more than just being in love with God. It's being so in love with God that I'm moved to action. It's more than a feeling. It's love, yes. But when we pursue intimacy with Christ, we aren't chasing a feeling because feelings come and go. Spiritual intimacy at its root is a deep and driving belief about who God says he is. And this belief moves us to action. We see Jesus model this. Reading in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And back in the beginning of the story, when God created people, we rebelled and sin entered the picture. So God sent Jesus to come to this earth and take the punishment we deserve so that we might have life, that we might do life with God, intimate life with God. But here's the cool thing. We see Jesus model this intimacy for us. In John 10, 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Jesus was and is so close to God that he wanted what God wanted, even though it was hard and undesirable. Let me show you. Luke twenty two forty two, 42, as Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In essence, Jesus wanted the cross because he was so with God that he could trust that what God was telling him to do was the absolute best. 
Why was it best? Well, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, he didn't have to be Jewish, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the gospel, the good news that life in Christ is available for all of us. Once we receive Christ, believing in his name, we too can experience that deep intimacy that Jesus shared with the Father. But it doesn't stop there because God gives us his spirit. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So what does that mean? Even when we don't feel close to God, we are close because if you're a believer in Christ, you have the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? When we feel far, he's with us, he's close. It's a fact. But a lot of us listening, we know that fact. And the question isn't, is that true? It's how do I deepen it? What do I do when it it doesn't feel true, when I feel far? And in Exodus 33, we see that spiritual intimacy or deeper spiritual intimacy requires initiative, a reminder, and vulnerability. First, it starts with initiative. Verse 7 reads, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Previously, God was going to dwell with the people inside the camp. But now, remember, because of the golden calf incident, their relationship with God is strained. So now they have to intentionally leave their homes to go and meet with God. Take a tent. Pitch it. Go. They had to take initiative. Intimacy with God requires initiative. But it goes both ways because God has already taken initiative with us. Romans 5, 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He took initiative. Intimacy, closeness requires initiative. But second, intimacy requires a reminder. We need to be reminded of God's heart for us. We look at verse 8, Exodus 33, verse 8. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Verse 9, here's the reminder. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Verse 10, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud. And I'm just going to stop there. The pillar of cloud, what was that? Honestly, I can't tell you what it looked like or how God moved the clouds to make some sort of pillar or upright post, but here's what I do know about this pillar of cloud. The first time we saw it was in Exodus 13, when God's people were leaving Egypt, leaving slavery. It was then that God used the clouds to guide his people toward the promised land. The cloud was God's way of saying, come this way. My best for you, my very best is in this direction. Verse 9 again, when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, 
It was then that all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. The pillar reminded the people of Moses' leadership role. It was a reminder of God's presence, which was near, and it moved the people to action. When they saw it, they'd stand, they'd rise and worship. So spiritual intimacy requires initiative. We've got to prioritize moving toward God, making sure we know our time is actually His. And then it requires a reminder. We need to be reminded that God's presence is near, as it was for the Israelites visually through the pillar. So too is His presence near through Christ and therefore His Spirit who now resides in believers, in us. And lastly, Spiritual intimacy with God, as Exodus 33 shows us, requires vulnerability. And let me be really clear what I mean by that. Vulnerability is honesty with God and his people. It's choosing to share what's going on deep down, to expose yourself. In war, what that means is that you're so exposed that you could be hurt. To be vulnerable is to be exposed. It's like a kid riding a bike without a helmet. There's risk involved. When we choose to be vulnerable with people, it can and probably will feel uncomfortable because we're all broken. But when we're vulnerable with God, giving him our real, honest, unfiltered, and unedited thoughts, any sense of fear or discomfort is from the enemy because God already knows your thoughts and he's safe. Verse 11, here it is. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. It's interesting, and it's different, and this is the Old Testament. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend in the Old Testament. Numbers 12 says this, uh, He said, Hear my words. As there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Numbers 12, verse 7, Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face. The creator of the universe face to face, and this same creator of the universe wants to talk to you. It isn't a chore for God. He wants to talk to you. Let's talk to us. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. God's relationship with Moses, it was different. They were close. They were friends. So the question is, do you, do we view God as friend? Friendships, they're really great once we've got them, but getting them can take time. Growing up, I moved a ton, so I'd like to think I'm a veteran in this area, but the reality is I think I just know how hard they can be. They take conversation, energy, initiative. But when we start doing life with good friends, we're willing to be increasingly honest. And the vulnerability spiritual intimacy requires means talking to God telling him about your heart, what's going on in your world, and doing so actually helps you better understand or can help us better understand why we might feel far from God. Deep friendships take honesty, time, authenticity, face-to-face conversations. Deep friendships mean we've seen the worst in each other. We've maybe even been disappointed by the other person, but we still love each other. We're still friends. Spiritual intimacy doesn't always come overnight, and if we want to intentionally deepen our relationship with God, we've got to be willing to be vulnerable. A great place to start 
would be to ask, hey, what are the top three areas in my life that I need to talk to God about? Family, work, your marriage, talk to God. And you know what? The more, the more I personally do that, the closer to God I feel because it's deepening the friendship. And then I listen and pray. And if I hear God bring scripture to mind or I get a sense that he's directing me in a certain way, I'll journal that down too. But it takes time. And if I'm honest, I don't always want to be patient or transparent, even though I know God sees everything. But that's what intimacy requires, vulnerability. Look back at the text, or if you're driving, listen, verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. What I love most about Exodus 33 is that very last line. His young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua was in the tent because it was his job. He had to be there. But you know what? If we continue reading our Bibles, we'll learn that Joshua grew up to be a guy who knew God's word. He walked closely with God. Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave that tent. And the neat thing for us is that God has set us up to be a lot more like Joshua than Moses. Joshua didn't leave the tent. That means he met with God more than anybody else. God's presence was in that tent and Joshua was always there. Matthew 28, behold, Christ says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you're a believer in Christ, God's not going anywhere. His spirit literally lives inside you. Your circumstances don't change that. Your feelings don't change that. Your perspective doesn't change that. He is close. He's with you and he's not leaving. The question is, are you going to pursue him? That's all we've got time for. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.